In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Welcome to Underdog. Today, we have a very special guest, Wendy Stevens. Renowned guerrilla marketing expert, Wendy Stevens has coached and trained more than 80,000 people in 136 countries to master the art of guerrilla marketing, lead generation, and sales. She was the creative executive producer and marketing consultant launching podcasts for America's number one brain doctor, Dr. Daniel Antena Amen. She launched her first podcast in 2014, Guerrilla Marketing to Women, to new and noteworthy status on iTunes. Stevens has also consulted, launched, and marketed shows for Dr. Daniel Amen, Sharon Leichter, co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Matthew Knowles, the father of international music sensation, Beyonce. In October 2000, Stevens was one of the first Google AdWords certified specialists catapulting her marketing career. Wendy Stevens co-authored the best of guerrilla marketing with the late and great J. Conrad Levinson, the father of guerrilla marketing and well-known marketing author Seth Godin. With over 21 million copies sold, Forbes named this brilliant masterpiece the original guerrilla marketing 1986, one of the best 100 business books ever written. Today, we welcome Wendy Stevens. Wendy, how are you? I am doing great, Pamela. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so, so much for being here. Now, many of you don't know how amazing Coach Wendy is, so I'm just going to let her let her talk about her incredible story, and you'll see how fired up she is, how fired up I am to have her and to share your story with you. So, Coach Wendy, from the top. That's so funny. Oh, let's talk more about me, 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 me. No, <laughs> let's just take the parts that would be relevant for someone riding along and listening. You know, I'm not all that, but I've had some really cool opportunities. I was very much a broke, struggling single mom, 90 days from losing my house. And that was back in right at the beginning of, of 2000. And uh, I had no business, no marketing background, no college degree. I had been a jock, an athlete. I played on the U.S. team for women's lacrosse. I captained the NCAA championship team at Maryland. So my whole identity, Pamela, was as an athlete. I didn't think I was good enough. I had a family of Ivy League degrees. My dad was head of a medical school. I just hadn't found my place that I, I felt like I could be successful in the business or marketing world. So I answered that, Pamela, to be able to stay home full-time with my kids. I'm literally about to lose my house. I can't afford to make a mistake. And I put everything I had on a credit card, and it was to become one of the first 200 Google AdWords certified specialists. Imagine that Google like opens the doors, the first little workshop, and I got to be one of those first 200 people. And I found my gift. And I bumped into two of the guys that did the marketing for Kevin Harrington, the celebrity host of the television show called The Shark Tank. I got to work on early campaigns for Hulk Hogan, George Foreman's Grill, some really cool things. And I found my creativity 
came to life in marketing in a beautiful way. And then I learned from some grand masters like Jay Conrad Levinson, the original father of guerrilla marketing that ran the Leo Burnett agency for New York, Chicago, London, created brands like the Marlboro Man, Your Good Hands with Allstate, Old Spice, hundreds of iconic brands, Pamela. So I, I got schooled and found myself as online marketing was literally kicking off, partnered with two gentlemen, and we launched something from the direct sales world that was called the reverse funnel system. And it was your magical online funnel to make you money. And we had a $146 million launch with our own product over five years, $146 million. So that was a little exhilarating. And I found leads, traffic, and sales to get my full attention. And from there, people wanted to learn how to do it. And that's really how I got started. That's incredible. Wow. That's all in a nutshell, which is incredible. Thank you for that. Now, question for you. So when it comes to underdog, I always talk about what was the struggle like at that moment, right? So when you hit a point where it's almost, you feel like you're at rock bottom, like what goes through your mind? You know, what, how is the thought process? Because I remember myself being in those moments way back when, and just, it feels like you're in survival mode, almost like fight or flight type response. And it's always helpful to understand like, what was the mentality like at, at that moment where you were going through those struggles and sort of how did you pivot past it to get to the point to be like, okay, I'm moving on to this and to have the faith in that sort of what was your, what was the struggle like at that yeah. point in time for you? Yeah, it was interesting. It, it wasn't even like I'm moving on. It's like I was underwater, you know, grabbing for something to hold on to. So literally, I remember looking at the circumstances. And if if you look too long at how bad it really is, I think we're driven, all of us are driven by what we value. So without Mm -hmm. consciously thinking about it, I personally had it modeled for me that to be independent, uh, to be free, and to be independent was more important than any other one thing. I learned that by watching my father, some circumstances we all do. We watch people around us. But to me, you know, I can sign a deal for alimony with nasty golden handcuffs, which meant the very reasons my marriage fell apart in the first place, I'd be stuck to and dragged along through the dirt, you know, on my wrist by a horse if I just gave into that. So when I made the choice that, hey, I'm not going to do that. I have two beautiful kids depending on me, my back up against the wall. I have no idea how, Pamela, I'm going to do this. But the pain of I'm not going back as God is my witness. Mm -hmm. I am not going back to that. And my boss at a company in Nashville, I was training out close to the Opryland Hotel I remember I had to leave early one day and I remember the VP saying to me, you know, Wendy, if you have to leave early again to pick up your daughter, you might find somewhere else to work. Well, that didn't really float for me. But what was great about that moment is I was done. Like, no way you're sticking my nose in that. So the driven to be independent and free even though I didn't know what to do next, it was kind of like burning the boats. It was like, I am done. I don't know what's next. But actually what was next was answering an ad in the newspaper, Pamela, that said, director of sales, no travel. 
that was the ad that got me to a Google AdWords workshop. How ironic is that, that they would use the newspaper to get you to a Google Ads workshop? So it, it was the decision, actually, that I was done. And that was driven by how important those values were to me. And that I, two kids depending on me, I couldn't fold up my tent. So if it's, you know, cower on the floor or fight, I'm going to be that fighter. Definitely. Absolutely. So those values are sort of what drove you to keep going and to think like we've got something better. Something's better is on the horizon. That was kind of your mentality. What was like the thought process that got you over the the hump to be like, okay, we're going to keep rolling. I got to tell you that it was less about, I knew there had to be something better. It Mm. was way more about, I ain't doing that. Like I'm Mm. not doing that. And so, yeah, I just want to be clear, such a, you know, an underdog plan. No, it was, I'm not willing to do that. And I'm so not willing to do it that shutting the door on that meant that there had to be something else. I had no idea, no flipping idea what it was going to be, how it was going to happen. So I just, I closed the door. And then I started doing what anyone has to do, which is like, okay, how am I going to keep this house? If I can't feed my, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's actually not. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could have lost custody of my children. Right. And guess what? I'm a mama bear. And mama bears take care of baby bears. And so, like, I am going to flip and figure it out. But I remember there was a formula, Pamela, that wasn't going to work for me. My children went to a private school in Nashville called Ensworth. And mm-hmm. Ensworth School was $20,000 a year per kid. And this was pre kindergarten, like, first, wow. second grade. Yeah. So, it costs more to send one of my kids to that private school than I made in a year. So that formula didn't work either. So I knew a job wasn't going to work. And if he's going to be nasty to me, I, I better go ahead and just stop it now. And, you know, did I calculate and make a plan? Not at all. This little underdog just decided what I didn't want and I jumped in. That's it. That's incredible. I love that. I love that. And so pretty much it was all driven behind the mentality that like, I'm going to keep going for my kids. Basically. Absolutely. hundred percent. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. Now, once you got into it, because you stepped into brand new terrain, like Google AdWords and stuff like that, you know, because sometimes you go to these seminars and you go to these things and you're like, is this legit? You know, did you get that in, in any way, you know, when you walked in or, or did you get this feeling like, okay, I got, you know, this is my thing. <laughs> you know? Well, luckily you actually did have to register online and I was actually going to google.com. That was helpful. I did check to make sure the credit card statement was actually to Google and thankfully it was. So no, I I knew it was legit. I knew it was the real deal. The first one was actually in Atlanta. So now when I look back, I go, holy heck, that was ground floor, literally ground floor in the beginning of being able to use, of course, in the day it was called uh, Google AdWords. So there you are. Luckiest squirrel you'll ever meet. Dumb, blind luck. You know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And if you're an (laughs) underdog and you just keep moving, you'll find more. Absolutely. So now going from 
the ground level, which was learning the Google AdWords and things like that. You've built a multi-million dollar business. You've spoken all around the world. You've done some pretty incredible things. So how did you go? Because this is for like the startup entrepreneurs who like love this stuff, the underdog entrepreneurs. When you started from the ground up, how was that process? You know, obviously I know it's one client at a time, but like, how did you take that? You've got that one little seed that was planted in you from Google AdWords and you turned it into this massive empire. So I'd love to hear about sort of the business journey too. Yeah. Because actually it wasn't for clients for a long time. It was Mm. for me and business partners and joint ventures. And so the great part about that was all about, we measured our success by sales profitability, obviously impact that that product or service did something great, but we measured it on results. So I actually didn't start working with clients. I got results myself first. The great part about that was, you know, first of all, not always operating from every ad, turning on every campaign. That was my fanny on the hook. Like this wasn't just me doing it for some nameless, faceless person and it was their credit card bill. No, I'm accountable to my partners. Like every split test, every time we hypertracked, all of it, you know, affected the bottom line. So that part was really great. I'm going to share a couple of pieces outside the box. And these are things that have actually only come to reflect on the last couple of years. I had someone ask me, Wendy, how did you even know you could do that? Well, I didn't know I could do that. but I've also had people ask me, why didn't you quit? Like you didn't even have that many examples. Perry Marshall was, you know, a peer right alongside me. I got to watch, learn, listen, and we all learned from each other early on. But the reason I didn't quit, because I certainly didn't have most likely to succeed online, tattooed anywhere. Like I'm not a technocrat. But what did really have a big effect on me. And I I hope this would help anyone listening. My brother, Pamela, was hit by a drunk driver when I was 16. And my mother started the first East Coast chapter of MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. And my brother was my hero. He taught me how to dribble left, all those fun things. I remember getting the phone call, Maryland State Police, middle of the night. I go down to shock trauma. And the short version of the story is, I watched him fight for his life. But then I watched him learn to swallow, walk, and talk again. And Mm -hmm. my whole chatter in my head about, well, I didn't graduate from Ivy League. I'm not good enough. What's wrong with me? You know, all of that chatter, like, it's irrelevant. You know, if Chris can do that, if he can put his life back together, never complained, never whined, never cried. I watched that. And I definitely made a decision. I don't ever have anything to complain about. The worst that happens, Pamela, is I have to write more ads than anyone. The worst that happens is I spend more money. I'm just going to say it. Though I knew the worst that would happen is I would spend twice or three times as much money as anyone else in Google AdWords. But I knew I could polish silver, mow lawns, or do whatever to get more ad money to get better to sharpen my saw for the next campaign. You know, I see so many people, so many entrepreneurs today. Well, you know, I just don't have the seed money. Well, flip and go make the seed money. This is crazy. You know, we're in the United States of America, even though we're teetering on a little ledge right now. The truth is there's more opportunity all around us every day. In fact, COVID right now, there are more opportunities than ever today because so many people have a painter problem and need a solution. So if you're an entrepreneur or business owner right now, 
it's not a Pollyanna, oh, it's better to, it really is true. In one of my businesses right now, I really am having to turn away more people than ever because I have people that were like five years ago, you know, Wendy, remember that YouTube channel I wanted to launch or, well, I really would like to do that. Why? Because they were on airplanes 200 dates last year, you know, and they have seven employees and they were making eight figures. But today, like crickets for 90 days, right? Mm -hmm. So people scrambling to reinvent themselves. But the truth is, we're all touched by this recent huge shift. The soulless country is being ripped out by all the protests and unrest appropriately because it needs to change. But even in the midst of all that turmoil, we all need to figure out a way to help take care of each other's families. And that means we have to help this country build ourselves back one business at a time. This country was built on small business. And so I think, you know, your podcast, the spirit, the mindset, the underdog, you know, to come back and be able to be relevant and even of greater service today, I don't think there's been a more important time. So that's why I'm here. I love your show. Thank you so much. And I love you too. Right back. <laughs> right back. And I absolutely love your story. I mean, so, and I always ask this because I think it's so interesting and fascinating to know, like, throughout your journey, what would you have done differently? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that one's, <laughs> actually, that one's actually pretty easy. So I did a pretty good gorilla where I built the plane as I flew it, meaning I did seed money and went along. I reinvested but I actually wish I had reinvested bigger and sooner. So what I mean by that, I'm having, you know, terrific success in the wild, wild west. I then, and I'm home full time. I bought back Pamela eight years of my life. Bo and wow. Haley pictures are behind me are everything to me. So I wasn't out there stomping stages and becoming an info marketer, Evan Pagan's out there, a bunch of cool people out there. But that wasn't what I wanted. What I wanted was to be home when Bo and Haley came home every day. So it looked pretty wacky for a while. I'm staying up till two in the morning doing crazy campaigns with the underground all over the place, waking up, breakfast Bo and Haley, send them off to school. I go back to sleep for a couple of hours. <laughs> then I would work again. They would come home. I'd take a break. And then they understood. Like after we had dinner and did dishes, they had a red card and a green card, Pamela. And if something came up where they needed help, they would slip the green card under my office door. And that meant they needed help with something, their homework, whatever it might be. If they slipped the red card under my door, I am dropping a webinar. Like I am just running away from my computer and hundreds or thousands of people, there's impact on that, right? But my kids knew that they could have me in a second. If they need a mom, they could have me. But they also knew that Bo and I had gone to the Honda dealer the weekend before. And he's, I guess, 14 years old at this point. He swings his leg up over this Honda Aquatrax. This is like in February, you know, it's winter time. And he hits the key and fires this thing up indoors, you know. Boom, 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 boom. Now, what 14-year-old boy, he knows that we've got to succeed together. And that means... I'm going to take the time. You're going to be first. We're going to go do Taekwondo, blah, blah, blah. But when it's time for mom to go into her office, then we succeed together when I get to focus and get done what I need to get done. But you always have that red card, Pamela, but that mm -hmm. affects all of us. So anyway, in the end, 
buying back eight years of my life to be home full time was the best thing I ever did for any entrepreneur or business owner out there that has kids. I'll never forget Thanksgiving several years ago. Haley said to me, I asked her, you know, what was the most impactful thing for you about growing up in, you know, in our household together? She said this when she was 16 as to what was the most impactful. She said, number one, we're her friends. Of course, that was her most important thing. <laughs> number two, that, and this is what she was grateful for. Number one, we're friends. Number two were the trips we took. Of course, I got to take my kids all over the world, scuba diving, multiple continents. The third was that I was home every day. I didn't know that that actually mattered to her. But because sometimes, you know, the daughter can get a little teenager or whatever. But what I didn't know is that that consistency that I'm there every day. I was never in an office. I was no one ever jerked my chain and told me I had to travel. When Bo and Haley were home, I did not travel and speak. That's not what I did. I ran tens of thousands of webinars. That's not an exaggeration over probably 12, 13 years at that point. I was doing multiple webinars a day. Once the kids were getting ready to head off to college, I then really invested in my speaking career. So to answer your question about what would I have done differently, I would have invested earlier to work with the very best in the world. That's what I would have done. So it's incredible to me. So there's a lot of mom entrepreneurs and I'm not there yet. So I can't relate personally, but I know that they always talk about balance. So it's really fascinating to hear you say that because one of the things when I was growing up, my parents were always working, right? Like I was a triathlete. I was involved in absolutely everything you can imagine possible in high school, you know, but like my parents were never there. You know, they were never at my soccer games, never at my basketball games, never at my softball games, never at any award ceremony or anything like that, because they couldn't be, you know, when they came to the U.S. and stuff, they got these jobs and then they bought their business. And it was kind of like, so as a kid on the other side, on the opposite side, I can agree with your daughter, the fact that it's really important to have your parents there. Very, very important. So it's amazing that, you know, you were able to balance that. And I think that that's a huge win. And that's a major thing for a lot of mom entrepreneurs who are like, oh, I don't know if I should start my business. It's like, that's a clear reason why you spend more time with your kids. It's a great conversation. There are three parts of unpacking that one. Of course, your parents had a physical location, right? Yep, right. That required their presence. When I talk about my journey, if my children had been younger, if they had not yet been in school, what I was doing would not have worked as a single parent. Right. Because you can't be and do everything at once. Where my good fortune in terms of the timing, and I mean this because of my value, my mom was the most amazing mom in the world. And that was what I wanted to do and be in my life also. So I was fortunate that Bo and Haley were, they were eight and 10 when I became single. Being able to, A, be online, B, you know, there was a time when there weren't cell phones around. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> they were for me. So I've got school hours where the kids are productively, actively engaged in something. That's wow. when I was productively, actively engaged. Then when they were asleep, I did productively, actively engaged again. So the mm. truth is I gave up things like yoga. I gave up extra time with friends, initially getting up off the launch pad to learn a skill set that was going to be marketable. So mm. I really think I had really lucky experience, no physical location like your parents had. Mm. So I didn't have to get pulled away. 
had the online opportunity and no one dictated that schedule but me. Once I set up a webinar or schedule, but I scheduled that around what we had going on. So even as Haley was in competitive cheerleading, like, you know, it's kind of like the MTV rock and roll cheerleading. In <laughs> Franklin, Tennessee, listen to this. She had a really cool gal. She was the junior flyer for premier cheerleading. Do you know who the senior flyer, this is the one they throw up in the air. Do you know who the senior flyer was in Franklin, Tennessee? Oh God, no. Her name was Miley Cyrus. What? Yeah. Yep. No. Before, oh yeah, before Hannah Montana, absolutely. Haley's 27 now. So I'm driving around in my convertible Jaguar and we're, we're going all over the Southeast. And when they're competing, I'm in there and they're throwing Haley up in the air and I'm like this. When I go to, <laughs> to Bo's football game, I'm like, kill him, kill him. Anyway, so I, we had the flexibility to do things like that. It was just priceless memories. We got to do it. I could afford it. I'm single. It was no physical location. I mean, I really got a trifecta of flexibility online and the being able to dictate my own schedule to be there for my kids when it really mattered. That's not perfect. Not perfect. You know, Bo and I had a conversation. My son was down here a couple of weeks ago and we had a conversation. He was like, mom, you always had a lot going on. I was like, yeah, I really did. How was that for you? You know, so it's, never about perfection it's about choices values and what matters to you and your family that's incredible so what would be your biggest piece of advice to any mom entrepreneur only because you mentioned this with with your kids because i know that there's so many at the startup phase right now that are like okay what do i do you know what do i do next kind of thing what would be your biggest piece of advice when it comes you know to that? The truth is biggest piece of advice at this point, if I were going to go back also, or if I'm talking to my younger self, or if I have a mom, you know, ask me today, it is in the end about happiness. And it is in the end that I have, as an example, I have two beautiful kids that are amazing human beings that I think has very little to do with me. They're amazing human beings. When I see who my son is, the man that he is, I invest in a relationship with my son. And so that meant sitting my tushy down on the couch and playing Mario Kart racing, you know, getting into his world, right? And yeah, reading great books like Strong Mothers, Strong Sons, right? That's the most important thing I would say to go back is, is invest that time in their world, not just my world, right? And build that relationship because that's what we have at the end of the day. You know, I've got one of my closest friends, Pamela, is struggling with a very aggressive form of cancer, of recurring, actually breast cancer, you know, reminds all of us, we don't have forever. And what we really have are relationships. So it's easy to go, well, if I just make multiple seven figures or, you know, you like 30 under 30, you do it at 28. I'm like, who is this kitten? Right. (laughs) But we can have this false sense that we're going to be the greatest, whatever, the younger we are when we're working with that primary question, you know, am I good enough? Am I as good as whatever? The question really is, at the end of my life, is that what matters? Mm. And if the answer is yes, then by gosh, you just go for it. But Pamela, let me ask you, can you name one woman from 300 years ago? Give me one name. I can give you Marilyn Monroe. 
<laughs> yeah. That's really my best advice. Invest into your lifetime relationships. I would go back and do even more of that. Right. And speaking of relationships, I have a feeling that's how you built your business from ground level to a multi-million dollar empire. Right? Absolutely. Yep. Surround myself <laughs> with people way smarter than me. Absolutely. A couple of them are in the back over here. Yes. For sure. <laughs> so so what would be your biggest advice on like a from a business perspective to to an entrepreneur listening or an aspiring entrepreneur to take something that goes from ground level to turning it into this amazing thing, you know, because I find your story so inspiring going from 90 days from losing your house with two kids, single parent to this amazing world leader and multi-million dollar business. I just think it's fascinating. And I love, and, and not even that, but you're a female doing this too. You've been a trailblazer throughout all these years. So what would be your piece of advice sort of throughout the journey for anyone who's aspiring to be an entrepreneur and be in your shoes someday. Nice. Again, I think I stumbled into the, this a little bit more by accident. I knew that I wasn't the smartest in the room in several areas, but that's because I had some really painful experiences too, right? You can get so fired up that you can generate least traffic sales and drive revenue, but it's not until you find out or turn your head the wrong way or that the back end falls out and all of a sudden you owe $1.7 million because you weren't paying attention to what was happening after the sale took place or after fulfillment. So in the end, my I'd rather be lucky than good piece is that recruiting the very best on the planet. I learned this from being a head lacrosse coach, Pamela at Vanderbilt University. I was hired by Vanderbilt. I had never coached. Now you're going to see the pattern here. <laughs> I had never coached before. Most people don't know that. So sure, I captained an NCAA championship team and I played on the US team, but I hadn't even coached at a high school level. But Pamela, both of my parents were teachers. My dad was a teacher, even though he was a, a doctor. It was academic medicine. My mother was a tutor and a teacher. And so I learned, watched, and took it on from them. But when I started Vanderbilt's program, we went from nothing, no program, no schedule, to top 20 in two years because I went out and recruited the best of the best. So how do you do that? How did I land John Lombardi, Vince Lombardi's grandson? Like, I'm blonde. I'm not stupid. Lombardi's going to be a great name to recruit with, right? So how do you do that? You have to be able to master your message. My father taught me that one. So you have to get clear about what's your message. I had a great mentor, Sue Tyler, who was my coach at Maryland. She went on to be the athletic director at Maine. I flew up to see her. So watch this pattern. Best thing I ever did is Vanderbilt hires me over 12 current Division I head coaches with winning records. So I sold myself. I'm like, holy crap, now i got to fulfill on this. And I go and met with, I went and uh, spent uh, four days with Sue Tyler in Maine. And we did the wax on, wax off conversation. What are you selling? Right. And I'm like, oh, selling Vanderbilt and the SEC. And, and she's like, no, you're selling you. So you need to put on your little U.S. lacrosse shorts and take a picture of that. And that's your media guide. And that was uncomfortable initially. But I learned a brilliant lesson that we are we're selling ourselves, period. So we have to be able to clearly communicate 
who we are, what we do, how we help our clients, whether it's a persona that's going to be a global influencer, whether it's a Luxasia, the largest luxury brand in Asia that I've worked with, you've got to be able to clearly communicate your message. And then Pamela, your story, like the underdog story. That's the most critical piece for sure. That's amazing. Coach Wendy, tell me all about your famous guerrilla marketing book in uh-huh. a nutshell. Uh-huh. Very well, important. <laughs> yeah, well, I had the privilege of getting to co-author with Jay Levinson, the original father of guerrilla marketing, an amazing marketer by the name of Seth Godin, and that was the best of guerrilla marketing. My legacy book, I really looked around at what was happening in the world, and I was like, wow, it was super easy for me. I thought it was going to be easy for everyone to jump in and market online and you know, be able to take back your own economy. But then when I realized, no, that's actually not the case, I wanted to be able to break down a simple formula that any young woman around the planet could be able to duplicate. Because you know what online marketing did was it leveled the playing field, whether it was me or IBM, when we first got started, it was equal rules out there. Mm. Now, things are changing faster than ever, but what wasn't changing, I was watching the number, you know, world travel, you know, reveals it to all of us. I won the white waspy women lottery, you know, in the States. And not every little girl grows up that way, right? Mm. So for me, the guerrilla marketing, guerrilla marketing to and for women is to teach, train, coach, and mentor young women around the planet to be able to create their own little guerrilla marketing business to be able to stay out of the sex trade and bad relationships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I bumped into an amazing first responder in St. Pete, Florida, who was recognized by the governor of Florida and the, the attorney general for busting the largest human trafficking ring in the state of Florida. And I went, wow, that's something I could be a part of. Because what a lot of people, Pamela, don't talk about, we have more awareness coming to human trafficking, right? And the police, I mean, this is somebody who wears a wire, goes into a place we don't want to think about, right? right? And they have to get the bad guy to incriminate themselves. Incredible heroes, amazing stuff. But they can free those people And Pamela, they slide back into it. Why? Because they don't have a way economically to stay free. Mm. So that's what the book is all about. The other book that actually is selling, they're going as a twin tower package. The other book is called Bounce Back. And it is all these different parts of all of our lives, right? Where we get slammed down on the mat. And how do you reinvent yourself, right? As an athlete, you know, as a single mom who maybe just slapped down and you're not sure how to get back up, whether you're reinventing yourself in business, career, life, or even health, that's what that book is all about. Because I know I've been through some experiences for a reason. And like you, I want to make sure I leave a little paper trail that might make it easier for someone else when they come along. Oh man, now you led me into my next question perfectly. Thank you for that, Wendy. What is your biggest source of inspiration? Like what is a quote or something that inspires you on the daily and keeps you fired up Mm. and ready to roll? You know what? The truth on that one is it's still my kids, by the way, every day. They went through some tough stuff and they're both just amazing. But the other truth of it is the clients that I come in contact with along the way. Give you an example. Someone recently 
that was, you may remember where you were when the terrorist attack, the Boston bombing at the Boston Marathon took place. Mm-hmm. And I had the privilege of getting to meet Rebecca Gregory. You know, she's just lost her leg in that horrific attack. She was asked to read the victim statement at the sentencing of the Boston bomber. And she refused to be a victim. She stood up and said, I'm a survivor. I am not your victim. And to watch someone remarkable like that put back the pieces of her life. But seven years later, after having been out there in the speaker circuit, I mean, been on CNN, the Today Show, Pamela, you could assume someone like that would have at least a million plus email list, right? To help fuel her foundation that she's using to help children that have gone through PTSD or childhood trauma. But you know what, Pamela, the truth is after seven years, she had goose egg, zero email addresses. And I exist for people like that, that are out there to do something fabulous in the world. But someone somewhere didn't do a good job of taking care of her and having her online assets work for her and towards her mission. And those are the people that I live for. And those are the people that inspire me. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. So your passion is fueled on a day-to-day basis through clients, which is incredible. And of course, your wonderful kids, Bo and Haley. I can't wait to meet them someday. Nice. So thank you so, so much, Coach Wendy, for being here today. I loved your story and I'm sure all the listeners will too. And can you let everybody know where to reach you? Absolutely. You can reach me at coachwendystevens.com and you can also subscribe to the podcast that's coming out on iTunes and that is the Bounce Back Podcast. You can head on over to bouncebackpodcast.com and subscribe because one lucky listener, Pamela, is going to win a VIP deep dive weekend with a fully custom WordPress website developed for whoever wins it that wants a grill marketing makeover to kick off launch and grow their business. Someone's going to get that just by subscribing and posting a review. There you go. That's incredible. Did you guys all hear that loud and clear? That's like a golden goose opportunity right there. So make sure you subscribe to Wendy's podcast. Thank you so much, Coach Wendy. Loved your interview and I'll talk to you soon. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.